Hey, did somebody call for backup? What's up, prodigies? And welcome back to Call for Backup, a prodigal son podcast from Nerds and Beyond. Park your speedboat and join us as we discuss season two, episode 12 of Prodigal Son. If you're not caught up, this is your big spoiler warning. Come join us when you've watched all of season one, now available on HBO Max, and all the latest episodes of season two on Fox Now and Hulu. As many of you know, I'm Kaylee and I'm a staff writer at Nerds. You can find me on social media at Kaylee Gross. For this episode, I'm joined by Kennedy Brianna and my co-host Jules. So thanks for being here this week. Brianna's providing a quick recap of the episode. Jules will be leading a discussion of our favorite noteworthy moments and helping to discuss our theories. And of course, we'll have our weekly Malcolm Danger Count led by myself and Jules. But don't worry, I'll end the episode with a nice dose of reflection for the week ahead with a motivational affirmation or quote. Before we begin, I'll let the other staff members introduce themselves and explain what they do for nerds. I'm Brianna, an editor, and you can find me on Twitter at bookbag09. Hey guys, uh, I'm Kennedy. Um, I'm an editor and writer at Nerds and Beyond, and you can find me over on Twitter at Kennedy Bunch. And I'm Jules. I am an editor, writer, and content assistant, and you can find me on Twitter at Jules Writes Blog. This week on Prodigal Son, the hunt continues for Martin Whitley following his escape from Claremont. We learn that he's been taken hostage by none other than Dr. Vivian Capshaw, who might need to be committed to Claremont herself if she's caught. Capshaw has taken Martin to a remote mansion where she repeatedly kills and revives him in her own version of an angel of mercy. Meanwhile, Malcolm has made the connection to Capshaw, but the U.S. Marshals, and sadly the NYPD, don't believe him, so he's off the case. Danny chases down a lead with him, only to have a quick Brightwell makeout session right before Capshaw lures Malcolm away and he convinces her to take him hostage so he can see Martin. Capshaw decides to kill and revive Malcolm to gain Martin's respect, but that plan goes awry when the NYPD show up. Malcolm wants Martin to run, knowing they plan to kill Martin, and Martin does, but with a twist. He takes an injured Malcolm along with him. Check out our recap on nerdsandbeyond.com for all the details. Now on to our discussion. So as usual, we have so much to discuss this episode. Um, I mean, Prodigal is known for really just absolutely speeding things up for the end of the season, and this is no exception. This whole episode had so much. we're going to start with someone who I think I think is the MVP for the episode. We'll see if you guys agree with me. But Dr. Capshaw, uh, 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 I, I'm speechless. I'm speechless at Catherine Zeta-Jones' acting ability. I'm speechless at where they took this character. I, what did you guys think of this huge, huge reveal and everything that she did this episode? Somebody please get this woman her award right now. <laughs> she was so good. And... It's, it makes you, it, it almost hurts to like her at this point yes. because like Capshaw is such a terrible character. Like she, mm-hmm. you have seen, she's completely gone off the rails, but Catherine Zeta-Jones is doing such an amazing job of portraying her. Like you can't help but sit back and be like, wow, she's having too much fun. Like you can just, you can tell. I don't know I'd use MVP because that implies a positive connotation <laughs> but Catherine Zeta-Jones Catherine yes. Zeta-Jones Catherine Zeta-Jones yes <laughs> Capshaw, not so much but yeah I I agree her performance and it was just like one jaw drop after another and the yeah. more it's just like she didn't they didn't throw us like how twisted she was all at once it was like in degrees and it just got a little worse and a little worse mm-hmm. as the episode went on and I love that it was like this really long slow reveal of just how off the rails she was like I kind of think she needs to be committed herself <laughs> angel of death I was right I'm just gonna put angel that on audio angel, angel of mercy she's not They're interchangeable. Really like an angel of mercy though I think she well they didn't they give us that weird subset that she is like it's a really mercy. cool like subset like diagnosis that I was never aware of before I was like ooh, this is interesting I'm gonna go read more about that later I thought it was interesting that well again I agree with all of you guys's comments about Catherine Zeta-Jones the there is one moment I was like wow she's amazing when she's leaning over the bed to talk to to Martin and just one tear, the single single man tear going supernatural <laughs> for a second, the single tear that falls from her eyes, but she's completely calm and like almost smiling. And she just seems so like 
vindictive and like just freaking crazy. I was like around the bend. Absolutely around the bend. You couldn't look away. You Mm -hmm. were like, holy crap. She's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But like in such a good way that's so captivating. I thought it was interesting when also Martin was like, so you knew that guy had a subdermal hematoma something. Was that right? Yes? That's correct. Weeds. Well done. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, guys. Kaylee's medical corner. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, so he's like, oh, you knew. You knew he had that. I guess I didn't realize how crazy she was going to become because I didn't see all the warning signs. Mm-hmm. I mean, her sleeping with Martin was one of them. But, I mean. I was, I it was an understandable mistake. Like, was it gross? Right. Yes. Was it right. an understandable mistake? Also, yes, because he's charismatic and he has like that charm. But I mean, yeah. I don't oh. know. <laughs> Unless I get shut up, I feel like I've maintained that there was just something off about her. Everyone's like, "Oh no, no. I like her. She's a victim." You know? Oh, she's I'm kind sorry. Of I was like, mm, I don't, agree don't even. With you. Don't even. Don't even. I, I know you're about you. to be like a. She's going to bridge this into Ainsley apologist territory. I would never defend. I want this actually on the record. I am not defending Capshaw in the slightest. I can (laughs) watch villains without liking them. I'm Mm -hmm. just putting that out there. And she's one of them. I mean, when she first was introduced, I just, I think I remember saying I don't trust her yet. Because, again, with this show, the shoe, the other shoe always drops. Mm -hmm. So... But it, oh, it dropped. It just fell from like off. A it cliff. flew off. It, it flew yeah, across flew. the ground. Kicked off a cliff into the water, into the depths of the ocean. So I, yeah, she was wild. But I mean, in in only the way that Catherine Zeta Jones can do, she can you know bring her own talent and just awe to the audience. Did anyone else think she was going to kill the cop in the first like five minutes? Whenever no, he started to you. like half flirt with her, I was like, I was worried for him. Not the woman. I thought she was going to throw in the trunk with Martin. Yeah, I was concerned. I thought he was going to open the trunk and she was going to have to like whack him over the head or something. But yeah, I knew when when as soon as the cops said sun and fun, I'm like, they said the titles episode. This is not (laughs) this does not sunny and not fun. So in any way at all. I don't think we even saw the sun. Did we? It was raining. No. It was actually raining. At the end. At the end, right? When they were speeding oh, away in the little, little boat, we got oh, some sunshine. And yeah, then I guess got yeah, that, like, Martin got some sun and fun. <laughs> He's like, my boy. Yes. <laughs> Father-son time. Woo. <laughs> I mean, I think to me, the best part about this episode in terms of how they played it was that Capshaw only got away with it because she was underestimated. Mm-hmm. And because she's a good actress who knows how to play the victim. And I thought it was really cool of them to have that scene with the cop. Because, yes, he's being a creep. And part of you is like, I almost hope she kills him because he's just <laughs> being a creep. But you could see that he did not even for a second think about what that busted taillight meant. When women, I don't know, like especially women who are into true crime, I instantly was like, that's what they tell you to do. If when you've ever been abducted and you're in a trunk is to punch out the taillight. Mm-hmm. And that's something to get a cop to pull you over. And that's something this cop didn't even think of because he's a guy and he it just a, wouldn't have occurred to him. He must not listen to true time podcasts. Must not. But, but <laughs> a I, it was so, a woman it was is not so capable well of that, Kaylee, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think the audience for true crime podcast is a good 95% female with a little 5% male in there. I mean, it, it was just so fascinating to me how constantly she was underestimated. Even Danny, who is so smart and is a good um, police officer, like she does her job well, instantly believes that Martin is the aggressor here. And like, yes, his track record would lead you to believe that. It's not like he's a saint at all. Right. But there, there's no, not one of those people even entertained for a minute that maybe it was Capshaw that was behind it all because she is a lady. I don't know. But it was just so well done. And I love that part of that storyline. Well, did y'all notice Gil's little line about he's carving up the pretty doctor? It's like, did you need mm-hmm. to throw pretty in there? Did, do we need to really pull that in? Gil's usually so, I don't know. I didn't expect that from him. Mm-hmm. So I think that more had to do with them trying to turn Malcolm's theory on its head. But like you said, it wasn't relevant. But I, I also really enjoyed how they kind of use that aspect like again we do not agree with Capshaw's actions but no. you kind of had to be like I mean like you go girl like at least she she has the brains like she's proven that now she also Hashtag has feminism. the crazy but um yeah watching her 
know that she can manipulate the system and do mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. entertaining. I'll give it that. Yes. I was concerned about her constantly killing and reviving people. Oh. Or not reviving. Man, and not can we talk reviving. about her one creepy line whenever, after they get Malcolm, she's like, I want what he has. That's, oh, that was skills up in my back. That was she's so brilliant. Creepy. Brilliant. That line delivery was so good. And the look on her face was like panic inducing. Like she can, she just goes dead in the eyes. And she's such a dynamic actress that it's weird when she can do it. But like every once in a while as Capshaw, she just literally puts nothing behind her eyes. And it's terrifying. <laughs> and like, again, it goes, she's the MVP of the episode. Like, I just, I think she walked away with this episode, hands down. One moment that really got me, oh my gosh, the scream. That scream was blood curdling. Oh, yes. I was like, oh my Are God. No, when or she, oh, yeah, when she was pretending, you know, when oh, Danny like yeah. busted in the door, if I had turned on the TV at that moment and she was just like screaming bloody murder, I 10 out of 10 would have believed her. I, that oh, yeah, was she so convincing. Her. Can I just say, like, obviously never stabbed myself in the chest with a freaking butter knife, <laughs> but, um, I just she just straight faced it just like hardcore pushed that in I was like <gasps> like even Martin was like oh my god he's like <laughs> I know you know you're bad whenever you freak out the serial killer Martin was like right. Jesus that's too much like that's that's a little theatrical although I'm going to be interested to know if they they're going to be able to figure out that it was a self-inflicted wound because that happens a lot where people at a crime scene like you know kill or whatever and then they try to give themselves like a wound to be like oh it was an intruder and they're usually like well that isn't nearly deep as it would be if there was an intruder in here. There was the right. wrong angle or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But did you notice when she did it, she didn't do, she made sure to do like a downward like motion? Like an up and a down. I noticed she's that. smart. Because she's smart. But she did it terrifying. so slowly. It makes me think they're going to be able to tell there's not like the bruising there that would happen if it was slammed into her chest by someone. I keep hitting myself. That hurts. Well, I mean, I think Martin's whole <laughs> thing was like, <laughs> like precise like cuts and stuff you know because he's like a surgeon i don't think his mo yeah, would be to just kind of they like, don't like have a malcolm. they don't have malcolm to remind them of that and we've seen this episode that all of them are willing to fit whatever mo is going on to the surgeon mm -hmm. even when malcolm is saying this is not my father like yes my father is a sick man yes my father has done horrible things but he does them according to a very specific plan and he doesn't deviate from that plan right now Gil, Danny, JT, the whole team, they're willing to put anything that's going on onto the surgeons, just say it's all the surgeons. So if it doesn't match, no, oh, who cares? He was panicking. He did it because he was running away because everything was slipping away from him, like whatever it is. And that, I mean, that raises something that Kennedy brought up when we were chatting about this last night. And I think it's interesting to talk about what's going on with this team. What is going on with the NYPD? They all want they this man care. dead. The entirety of major crimes is just, there's a lot going on there right now. First of all, like Jewel said, me and her were talking, none of them should be on this case at the moment, no. like in any capacity mm -hmm. at all. They're all biased, but um, it's just really frustrating to see all three of them, like Malcolm, JT, not, not Malcolm, Malcolm's the one, <laughs> Gil, JT, <laughs> and Danny um, not believing him. And I feel like it's really because of his mental health issues. And that's just really frustrating to see because yes, M Malcolm's like obviously going through a hard time. Yes, he's obviously not at a hundred percent, but he has so rarely been wrong, especially when it comes to his work. Like, you know how important this is to him, especially in this case. And they keep dismissing him, even though what he's saying logically makes sense if you sit mm -hmm. down and put their own personal feelings aside, which is a problem. Like I said, they're very biased. Like all of them just kind of want Martin dead at this point. That's the vibe I'm getting. And that's not acceptable. Well, that's why the profile is so important because, mm -hmm. you know, going back to Capshaw stabbing herself, you know, we know that the surgeon, he's precise, you know, he doesn't do things on accident kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That's why the profile is so important because you know, the characteristics of their character and, and, you know, whether they deviate from patterns or not, like that's what I've, I guess I've learned from this show and from Criminal Minds that it's rare that people that have already like been an established killer deviate from what they, I hate using this word, what they like, you know, what, what they yeah. feel like fulfills them in that way. Especially yeah. with so many victims, like 23, yeah. yes. you're not right. going to just up and change your pattern. Right. And it's like I said, if it happens, it's, I mean, one in a million probably. 
it it hurts again I, like you said Kennedy about the mental health thing like I know he's going through a lot but it doesn't mean that what he has to say doesn't matter you know exactly mm-hmm. well and I know that they probably have that mindset of like well if Martin dies he's gonna mourn but he can get over it and like his mental health will improve but it's like that's not how mental health works no yes Martin is a stressor but he's not gonna magically get better because Martin is taken out of the equation either so I feel like there's a little bit of leaning into that stigma a bit for the team as far as understanding what Malcolm's going through and I appreciate how emotional they let Malcolm be while he was trying to give like he's trying to explain his thought process because he's as usual 80 steps ahead of everybody Mm -hmm. and so it didn't like we understood where it was because we were there in the room with him when he found it and we've seen Mm -hmm. everything happening but like Mm -hmm. it didn't make a lot of sense when he was trying to explain it which I guess kind of helped highlight like why they were shutting him down so quickly but I agree they should have I don't know I felt like they should have had his back a little more well, it was interesting to me too, when you talk about people who did believe him and who didn't believe him, you know, you have the scene with Danny where she agrees to go with him to the storage unit. And it's very much played like, I'm doing this to pacify him. Like, you know, and I know that there's nothing there, but I'm doing this to like help him out. And she was so committed to that, that, and Kennedy's going to laugh at me because this is what was making me go nuts, that they ignored the fact that this woman had boxes of fentanyl in a so many facility i listen i'm a nurse in my like non-nerdy life and we would be like oh oh, i can't walk out the door with an aspirin when i leave at the end of the night right like we have med accounts we have all this stuff like if, if someone were if you were to go to a doctor's home and find boxes of narcotics that's not normal at all and so for danny who again is such a smart investigator and like knows her stuff and would absolutely she worked on a drug unit undercover like, she understands how this stuff works. For her to just go, oh, well, she's a doctor. Of course she'd have fentanyl at home. No, she wouldn't. No, she would not. No doctor would have that many drugs at home. So I feel like that was actually a good illustration that the team was letting their biases get in the way. And so it's not just Malcolm. Like, for once, it's not just Malcolm's personal stuff coming into it. It's the team's coming into it because she's just so focused on this needs to be Martin's fault. He needs to be the person who we can take down here because I need him out of Malcolm's life so that he can be happy. So like she's so tunnel vision that she's not seeing the forest for the trees or the illegal drugs in the storage unit. I don't know. I didn't even well, take into account like that thought that, you know, Danny worked on the drug unit. Like she definitely, on she's gotta unit. know <laughs> that is not he knows normal. what's legal on the street, what's not legal on the street, what you can have. Like that part, I was like, what Danny? No, he's showing you a box of drugs. And and not even like at her home in a storage like area that's like very clearly like marked or anything. no like it's just like in the back of a storage unit sketchy <laughs> storage unit at that because I mean you have Danny in that scenario but then you also have Jessica and Ainsley who have I think interesting reactions as well because even before Jessica kind of is let in on the situation when she gets the phone call she's very much like how can we kill Martin without seeming like we're trying to kill Martin. Whereas Ainsley is much more like, okay, Capshaw, bad guy, maybe. Like she very much has like that news reporter's mind about it. I know Brianna, I know, I see the smirk. She, <laughs> she has that like mind about it. Well, I'm just saying she and Malcolm in that moment are very similar because even if Ainsley's not totally on board, she's like, okay, lay the facts out for me and show me how you got there and maybe I'll get there too. Whereas a lot of the other folks in the episode are kind of being more emotional about it. Now you could argue that's because she can turn her emotion off and she's looking at things logically because that's how she thinks about things. But I don't know. I think it's interesting that she believes him. I appreciate that in this episode that is so leaning into everybody's, like you said, biases against him. It's Malcolm and it's Ainsley who are able to take that step back and go, what if it's not him? Mm -hmm. Like the people who should be most affected and most you know, believing that Martin is the problem are the ones who are like, wait a minute, maybe he's not. While I'm not of the Ainsley can redeem herself persuasion, (laughs) I do appreciate that they had her kind of put on her reporter hat there for a moment and get Malcolm to kind of talk it out. And I love that she went to Danny. mm -hmm, And she went to Danny. Like A, Malcolm was smart enough to keep her on the phone while he chased Mm -hmm. down Capshaw. He easily could have just dropped his phone or put it in his pocket, but he like kept her on the phone. 
and she was smart enough to record it and she mm-hmm. took it to Danny, who we'll talk about in a moment. But I feel like that was, I don't know. I thought it was interesting that she chose to go to Danny and not Gil. Because she knows Danny loves Malcolm that way. I, I think she knows that Gil would just be too protective, but she can kind of get through to Danny. And I think it's interesting that Malcolm chose to call Ainsley and not call Danny in that Especially moment. Especially knowing everything that's been going and, on with her. Because Danny's right there. Danny's in, in the facility. Him. Oh, I'm so sorry. Ainsley that's my own continuity him. error. I was like, I thought that he like called and then had it in there. That's totally, that's He doesn't that's have that much foresight for anything he does. <laughs> Kaylee can cut that out later so it sounds like I knew what I was talking about um (laughs) but it's just I I I thought that was a great moment Brianna like you said I think it's I I love watching Malcolm and Ainsley team up because I think that they do think in very similar ways and we've seen that before on different cases where they've worked together They, they kind of put emotion to one side in a lot of ways when they're doing stuff like this even though you know it's easier for Ainsley I think than Malcolm to just kind of go vex I think we need to talk a little bit more about Jessica because, Ugh. oh man. Jessica, Jessica like to traips into the morally gray character. Oh yeah. She, she's, she's been doing so good. <laughs> she saunters <laughs> right into the morally gray character area. Just like absolutely. And I think what's interesting is that in the moment she has that reaction, which I can almost forgive her for of like, you know what? Yeah, this guy's a jerk and he ruined my life and he ruined my kid's life. I'm just going to let him, I'm just going to let things fall where they go. But then when Gil comes to her and he's saying all this stuff about like, it's your actions that make you who you are. It's not what you think. Like if you, if you think he's better off dead, then like, that's fine. As long as it stays a thought, like, you know, whatever. And he's kind of convincing himself at the same time, but for her to then not confide in Gil, who is so supportive of her and would absolutely be like, I get why you didn't tell me before. Now let's go find this guy. Like, let's do this the right way. Like I just, Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared for her character that she's going that way. I was internally screaming. I when she hung up the phone, I'm like, Jessica, what do you mean wrong number? That's not that's not what we needed in this situation. But I agree. I can understand why she would have that like split second reaction. But the fact that she had a chance to redeem herself and she made the decision to not tell him, especially when, like Jules said, he's been so understanding. He's literally telling her that he's had the same types of thoughts. He's not mm-hmm. going to judge her for feeling that way towards Martin, especially knowing how much that he has put her through. But you could physically like see Bellamy's face drop as soon as mm-hmm. he said the line about like, that it's like actions matter. And she like consciously made the decision in that moment not to tell him. And so it's just very troubling <laughs> because I feel like the whole family is just kind of, sliding off the rails one by one and jessica was like the the holdout man like she she was the one dealing with it the best in my opinion and i was just like girl i i can't handle this right now (laughs) like please what concerns me is that if she had said something before and they had found martin would malcolm have gotten into the situation he was in if they already had you know what i'm saying if they had already like headed to the house you know would he have given himself up like that for for martin so i'm like your actions have consequences that includes your son Mm -hmm. having a is it an embolism Mm -hmm. yes i'm proud of myself for that one again it's it's all congratulations thank you so much medical corner do you you want to take my job i feel like no i feel like i don't Nope. <laughs> Are you appreciate everything you do, Jules? <laughs> all the nurses out there, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> it's Nurses Week, by the way. Happy <laughs> Nurses Week, Jules. <laughs> but, you know, like him putting himself, himself in that situation, would mm-hmm. the tables have been turned if Jessica had, you know, been like, hey, Gil, guess what? <laughs> Martin called me three hours ago. You know what I'm saying? Like now, unknowingly, she put her son in danger, although he willingly did that himself, but he didn't know that she knew where he was already kind of thing or who. But it gets it it gets into her making that moral judgment, though. Right. Like it gets into and, and the whole team did this this episode. This is by no means just a Jessica problem. Right. Where they all kind of decided this one guy needs to go and then all of our problems will be solved. 
But like we were saying earlier, like that's just not true. And that's not how trauma works. Like problems just don't just disappear. They're not just going to go away. Like he's not like Malcolm's not going to suddenly become like a whole new person because his father isn't here. In some ways, the relationship is so toxically codependent Mm -hmm. that without Martin, he's going to have a really hard time because as Mm -hmm. much as he is triggered by that relationship, it also gives him something that he's lacking emotionally. And so to just kind of rip it away in an extremely traumatic way is not going to be the way to go. Well, he says as much when they're in the storage unit. He's like, I don't know who I am without my father. Like, what if he's made me, what is it he says? There's, it's a specific quote and I wrote it down. What if he makes me who I am? Mm-hmm. And it's like, just because you're a profiler and like your original intent was to catch people like your father does not mean that makes him who he is. But he, so much of his identity has always been wrapped up in Martin yeah. mm-hmm. that I think had Martin had Martin died, like, he's just going to blame himself. I should have been a better profiler. I should have caught this ahead of time. Like, he will have found a way to blame himself no matter what. Yes. yes. Which is and why I'm really glad think, they didn't kill him. And yeah. I also think that um, Jessica, even though Jessica wasn't really, like, privy to, like, the, the um, details of the case, because, you know, obviously, like, she's not involved with the police department in any way in that capacity, that she wasn't really thinking about the toll that that would have on Malcolm because you know like he came home and told her and Ainsley like they're they're taking me off the case and like obviously this is distressing him and she knows how to some extent she knows how much like his identity is woven in with Martin's in his mind and so like if something had happened like Brianna was saying I don't really think that she took into account how that would be hurting him she was just kind of thinking like we need to get rid of this guy like on the surface level he's like causing all of our immediate problems and not you know really looking at the deeper consequences that that would have i think everyone had the malcolm's best interest at heart but at the same time they don't know what's best for him you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. he might know what's best for him or, or maybe maybe he doesn't but that's not their place to decide yeah. that i guess because you know when last episode when Malcolm thought Martin was the one that was down, you know, in the house. I mean, mm-hmm. he ran in there and tears in his eyes. Like that's mm-hmm. still someone you have this attachment to this connection to regardless of what they've done. You know, he's like, even when he was on the table and Capshaw's like weird basement thing, he was like, he's this, he's this, but he's still my father regardless. And mm-hmm. whatever that means to him, clearly it still matters to him. Yeah. So it's, I just feel like they were like, well, he's, you know, everyone else to, to Malcolm's like, oh, well, he's just a murderer, but he's still a father. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, they can't see where he's coming from, I guess. I appreciate them giving Malcolm that kind of moment of character growth there of like finally acknowledging it. Cause he's always put, or tried to at least put distance between him and Martin of he's mm-hmm. this other thing. Like, yes, he's my father, but he's this other thing outside of me, but he, kind of acknowledged it even if it was just to Martin and just to Capshaw like he's still my father which is I think as close to I love you as Malcolm Bright will ever come when it comes to Martin and Martin knew it knowing that our time with these characters is limited I felt like that was a really important moment for him yeah no I agree and I, I think it's an interesting moment in the discussion of his mental illness as well to kind of have him start having these discussions. I know that it was probably because of COVID really genuinely that we didn't get to see a lot with him and like his therapist this season Mm -hmm. um, because I'm sure that they had difficulty kind of getting certain actors in and all of that. Um, I do think it's interesting that he hasn't consistently been to therapy this season that we know and he's kind of been hitting his worst spots when he hasn't been. So I I think it's interesting that we've kind of seen that progression over the course of the season. It's interesting the way that people are reacting to his mental illness in this episode in particular. I think there's a lot of kind of everyone going, what's best for Malcolm, like Kaylee said, without thinking what does Malcolm want and right. what does Malcolm need and what what is he vocalizing that he needs? Now what we're deciding is important for him. And Jessica does that a lot, which makes sense because she's his mom. Yeah. And so I that vibe is always going to be there. But when it's coming from like Danny, (laughs) when it's coming from someone like that, who's like his peer, basically. So like somebody who's on his level, it it feels different. And it's, it's interesting which characters do that and which characters don't. And I think that's really good writing. So now we're going to talk about something happier, but also sadder (laughs) um, at the same time, because we can never have joy without pain. 
Um, this is <laughs> Brightwell having an amazing Yay. kiss. Yay. It wasn't just a kiss. It was that was, know, that was like a makeout session. Like that they went for it. <laughs> I was like, alrighty then. That's how we're, we're going all out. Okay. We, we got a great kiss and then it all went to hell. Um, <laughs> Very <laughs> Bill, Bill just had to call, didn't he? Can't just let him. Oh, it's like <laughs> like Papa Gill like got this like vibe. He's like, mm, I don't like this. I gotta call. <laughs> he like I heard from my children in X X right. minutes. <laughs> exactly. It's I like, better see how they're doing. They're doing well. Leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's it's a tough moment. It's a, it's a really tough moment because you know you can just feel how badly Danny wants him to be okay and wants mm-hmm. him to kind of see things the way she's seeing them. And you can feel how badly Malcolm wants Danny to see things his way because he respects her so much and loves her. Um, but, you know, he respects her as, as a detective as well. And so he's kind of saying, if you can't see this, then maybe I'm really missing something. Like I need you to be on the same page as me. And so when they kiss, it's like, they're both, it's like an angry kiss of like, ah, oh, like I, like I love you like so both much. Their defenses were down and yeah. they both just kind of went for it. Cause I wasn't sure when we saw the preview, if it was going to be kind of a one-sided thing and mm-hmm. it was really going to be pulling back and be like whoa whoa hold on it's like no no she was just into it so she I definitely like, leaned into it was yeah. not one-sided at all nope that was my favorite part because I was kind of afraid they were gonna do a like okay Malcolm's into it but Danny's not and then you know later it'd be the opposite or something but I like knowing that she's been feeling it too but then she kind of freaked out immediately after so <laughs> I like, think I that's s- because of Gil's call though like yeah, that was the killer it's a little there stressful a at the moment. Oh, wait, we're hunting a fugitive. Hold on a second. <laughs> we're we're hunting two fugitives, one of whom we might have a hostage. Uh, we just found a bunch of drugs in this locker. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I, uh, it, it's always so tough to me that their their sweetest moments are always in times of great emotional distress for one or both of them. Like, it can never just be like a normal kiss. But I love that she still agreed. Like, she saw that Malcolm needed to go to that storage unit. Like, even though she expected not to find anything, she still like was able to recognize that he needed that. Mm-hmm. Like even Gil was just putting his foot down. and was like, no, we're not doing this, like go home. And I think Danny recognized like, he's gonna do it with or without us. So I'm, I'm just gonna yeah. take him. And she's done that before. She mm-hmm. has a good instinct when it comes to like- like She didn't <laughs> defend mean- <laughs> him necessarily, but she kind yeah. of defended him. They should all at this point know that if you tell Malcolm Bright not to do something, he's just going to turn around and do it anyway. So you might as well just do it with him and then make sure he has backup, you know, like make sure there's somebody with him to, to help him out. I don't yeah. know. And then uh, I was, we were talking about this a little bit before we recorded, but Tom Payne did a bunch of interviews today, you know, around the finale and what to expect. And there were certain things that he said that made us maybe think that Brightwell isn't really going to get like a resolution in what is now potentially the series finale, Um, which will hurt so much. Um, And I would like to thank in advance the fan fiction writers who are going to write us uh, the end of the Brightwell story because we know that they're going to. So thank you. Jules was like, I might have to write my first and only. (laughs) My first and only fanfic just Just to to make a resolution. One and done. And I know we touched on this earlier, but it should be mentioned because I think it was just such an incredible scene. We've talked about bits and pieces of it, but we haven't talked about like the whole thing in its entirety. But that last sequence between Malcolm and Martin versus Capshaw, mm-hmm. because it was amazingly acted by everyone involved. It was really shot in a cool way. I thought it was so good emotionally for all three of them because they all kind of had weird little realizations like at the same time. I just, what did you guys think that last scene that we got before, of course, the the great escape? I agree, Jules. I think it was really powerful because I feel like each of them was coming to their own realizations or having their own like epiphanies in the moment. You know, Malcolm finally acknowledging that Martin is his father and Martin, like, you know, he's like, has this other motivation besides killing. Like, okay, wow. I do love my son and I, I do want to save his life. And Malcolm almost seems surprised when he's like, you saved my life? Question mark. <laughs> like almost. Um, and then we just saw Capshaw hit the fan. But all of them together, it meshed really well. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like, you know, one was overacting or like still, you know, they all yeah. in their own way stole the show. But it was it was powerful to me. I was like, holy crap, I can't look away. I don't know what's going to happen. She can just 
stab somebody random. I don't know. She's crazy. Stab herself. <laughs> right. Exactly. Stab herself. I know I'm normally very vocal about Tom Payne and his like stellar acting, but I feel like Michael Dang. Sheen just outacted himself. Mm-hmm. We got Martin being devious. We got Martin trying to a little bit play into like Capshaw's delusions. Mm-hmm. We got murdery Martin when he just loses it at Capshaw mm-hmm. a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And the way he just transitioned between all of those was really seamless. Yes. And I just felt like, I don't know, that scene with Capshaw, it could have been super explosive. And it was at first whenever she was, you know, basically going to kill Malcolm in front of him. But it kind of got muted in the moment. And I felt like that was a better choice than just having him like rage constantly. Yeah. It really, it made it more impactful. One thing I do want to mention though, because I haven't talked about my Kaylee's director corner yet. I guess uh, they're waiting for production corner. Come on, let's do it. Yes. I called it. So, production oh, of course corner. I was going to. I, I have to I talk about the music. Tagged- so it's production corner now. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys tagged me last night and I couldn't watch live um, at the time. So when I watched it today, I was like, oh yeah, I'm talking about this on the podcast. Um, <laughs> first, this the shot I really liked was, pan- like, I think Kennedy, you mentioned it, like panning out um, when they're in the big like foyer kind of room. Uh, and it kind of like, it, it was weird. It almost looked like it was on a drone sort of, but like smoother than that, like it was painting out um, and like pulling back, but then it kind of like went crooked, like yeah, the shot. Yeah, at yeah. the same time. Yeah, I was like, I feel like that's so cool. Cause even the, I guess it's a high angle looking up at Martin and Capshaw from like his knees almost that was cool too how she's kind of like standing over him and like now she has the power and now he's you know feeling powerless i feel like maybe there was like a deeper meaning behind that i swear i always feel like there's deeper meanings behind it's it it's called <laughs> hashtag feminism kaylee she's stepping up and taking her place in the world you know it's <laughs> yeah like now he has to you know be on a on a lower level to her mm-hmm. you know she's in control in the situation um so i really liked that shot um i mean again the close-ups were good because you could really see their emotions like i said that one tear that capshaw had i was like i could i mean i could see it rolling down her face when martin was screaming and it was right like on top of his face almost and he like comes up to the camera that was freaking cool i, I even said i was like okay that was cool <laughs> um <laughs> And then my last one was in the storage facility when Malcolm is running and all the lights flicker. Oh, yeah. I, I said that. I was like, okay, that, that was pretty cool too. We all instantly said, like, both on Twitter and in the group <laughs> chat, we were like, oh, so Kaylee. Kaylee's going to be right uh, yeah. talking about this, right? Like, this is going to go into Kaylee's director corner because oh, <laughs> yeah. all, it was a perfect shot. It was. And even when it was almost, like, inverted, so the camera kept going and it looked like Malcolm was, like, like going, like, upside down on a roller coaster almost. Uh, I don't, I want to say inverted, almost like a mirror, but not quite. Uh, that was cool. I like that whole scene was very well done. Just like the small, like glimpses of Capshaw, she's running and then you never saw her face. All of it. I loved it. All of it. I feel like some of it is very much like an homage to horror films and how they are filmed because so much of the camera work in the show is very much meant to make the viewer feel off kilter. Which and is which more of a suspense. One, Brianna? Which specific I mean, one that the youth? The one that I haven't seen. This three was <laughs> the obvious reference in this one, but I just kind of mean in general. That's mm-hmm. so like much the red of lighting like, too. Yeah, right. The mm-hmm. red lighting, and then how you were saying Martin comes at the camera off right. the bed. That's mm-hmm. very much a horror movie sort of shot. I guess is the best word for it. This is kind of on topic, but kind of not on topic. <laughs> that's what we do here. That's I know. A, that's that's a tangents are a specialty. <laughs> especially me they were kind of um a little more graphic i feel like this episode with like her sticking that oh gosh the thing. bone tap yes the crunch that it made Ugh. oh my gosh i was like that was gross they've been pretty like minimal with the i don't want to say gore but like like i said like more graphic more like medical things i think the worst we ever saw was either like the face the values the botox and then when when what's her face fell on the what was her what was her on name? the uh, oh Natalie. yeah on the on the thingy she got impaled on oh, the thingy yeah, yeah. yes yeah uh the, the scientific word for i don't that know when the, thingy. Uh, in like episode two when the 
she's not a bride. The debutante is decapitated. Was that oh, that episode? Right. Yes. And they pull the head oh, off yeah, the body. And Friar Pete was... getting shot. That was actually. Yeah, that was really really saw I that. Was I did not expect that. that. But they he, like, like saw his up. brain leave his head. They amped like, it up. That was gross. I feel like they amped it up this season, though. It wasn't like, you know, they had their moments, but I feel like the last, like, maybe four episodes have been pretty pretty gnarly imagine this on hbo max actually genuinely Whoa, imagine this that's on why HBO i wanted max. to get picked up but if, if it ends up on hbo like we're not ready for the level of gore that no, would be not. unleashed i get the sense that they're holding back um mm-hmm. on what they could do in terms of like creative kills and, and they're already pretty creative and gross for network tv so just one more reason to get the thing renewed over on hbo max Real quick, I just want to shout out Jules because I had the recap this week and I was like so confused on what to call some of these like things that were happening. I personally was just like struggling with the drug names. I was like, Jules, I was like, Jules, please help me. And then when Capshaw is like pulling, trying to like uh, pull the embolism mm-hmm. out, I was like, what is this called? I was like, looking up, I'm like, Thoracentesis is that typically. <laughs> You're like blood and needle thing. (laughs) Kennedy messaged me at probably one to two in the morning. (laughs) And then I woke up the next day and I was looking at my phone and that's the successive string of text messages was, (laughs) can you hear what drug name this is? Can you explain to me what this procedure is? I think I found the name of the thing, but I need to know if it's the, and so I was, I was happy to lend my very minimal um <laughs> expertise on that front hey you've got more than all of us so well i've, I've never done yeah. a uh i've never done uh, an extraction of an embolism in a basement somewhere so I, even i don't think I, I don't know that i would know how to do that in that scenario. <laughs> but jules would never give someone an embolism especially not no, on purpose no. so absolutely not but um i totally agree with kaylee they've definitely amped up like I don't want to necessarily say like how graphic it was, but I just know that bone crunch really oh, got me. Y'all, like med. I'm I'm pre-med, I'm in college, and <laughs> I kind of want to be an orthopedic surgeon. And that really made me reconsider my life in that moment. <laughs> I was like, oh, you can't go into choices. You can't do ortho. If, if you don't like the sound of bones crunching, you can't. It just got me that. for a second. That just makes me like, ugh. <laughs> can I swing us around to talk about the music for a moment? Absolutely. Okay. Of course. The score is always amazing, mm-hmm. but I felt like it really stepped it up for this episode. And I feel like it'll probably be that way for the finale too. It just, I don't know, all of the moments were already good and it would it just heightened it so much more. And like there were moments that genuinely gave me chills because of like the pitch of the violin in the background and the way they, you know, merged the music with what was happening. And then there were moments where it was quiet, mm-hmm. which you don't expect. I just, I just felt the need to throw that out there. The overall production value just of the show is so amazing. And that's why it's so sad. It's so sad to see it potentially getting um, canceled because, you know, you don't feel like you're just watching a show on a network. Like it just feels bigger than that. You could be watching a movie, a horror movie. Yeah. I was going to say too that, you know, everything in the show is so just flows together so well you know, with, between the music and the shots and, you know, just the acting, all of it, this, like, that's what you guys were saying. And this is why it's so surprising to us that the show is being, you know, canceled, hopefully picked up by another network or streaming service. It just, everything to me seems like they put their all into it. And it really does matter. Like, I feel like, I feel like it really does make or break a show just by the production value Mm-hmm. because to me when it's more like cinematic like that to me I'm like wow you know what they put a lot of thought into this and it shows you know when I can get a close-up of an actor's face like to me I can feel their emotion more and it and it affects me more you know I'm more captivated by what's happening on the screen than you know if I'm not then I might just like look at my phone or something and I'm like not interested with this show I, I'm not really like that at all so I'm like you oh. can't look at your phone or you're gonna miss you miss a lot <laughs> yeah i just want to swing it around real quick uh fat 180 we're swinging, um, we're swinging. We're swinging. Our, um, this is you guys are getting the complete like tangent podcast for these last two episodes because <laughs> real. In, in case these are our also our last two episodes we're just like swinging for the fences, you just gotta get know? everything out did anyone else think that martin was going to leave malcolm for a second the way they cut that shot oh, yeah i 
it looked like he just mm-hmm. kind of darted for the door. I, I wasn't convinced. I didn't see the twist coming of him taking Malcolm with him. Like that was, yeah, that was either. like a special, it kind of felt like a final, like the writers going, ha ha, I gotcha. Cause the whole episode felt like was a finale. Like, this felt yeah, like a yeah, season finale. It felt finale. like a finale. It really did. I if love that was, we basically I get to. I would have been freaking <laughs> angry. <laughs> Haley, we talk we about haven't the, like, seen the finale yet though. We haven't seen the season finale and that's what scares me is that like that if this is the cliffhanger me. they were going to leave us on with this one like oh i'm i oh well, in the promo they keep saying oh it's going to oh, be gosh, a killer ending and i'm like who's the killer who is it who is everyone it? everybody <laughs> every single well, member yeah. of the whitley family and it's no um, today <laughs> today they released sort of like this cool clip and we saw scenes from next week's episode of capshaw and jessica going at it i'm like oh mm-hmm. Jessica like threw her across the the dining yeah, room. Really like, Dang, okay. <laughs> I expect some sort of quip from her about that's the good China or I don't know something. Yeah. <laughs> Very Jessica Not like make quips in the middle of a fight. <laughs> oh With God. the final thing, I gotta say, did anyone else get creeped out by Martin's like weird cackle as he was? Yes, trying- I'm telling you, he was like, my yes. boy, finally. <laughs> yeah, and then poor Malcolm's like. Just out the in the back Like he, he should not have taken her on the on the like boat couch thing. He's just like, it I felt like, like a good time, Dad. <laughs> it felt like I don't know. We had that moment of him. We think he cares about Malcolm and his well being because he manages to get free and save him. But if he really cared about him, he would have left him so that he could get taken to a hospital and make but sure he was okay. Mind. In exactly. his mind, but in his mind, it's a safer better. place for him to be mm-hmm. because he's, he's a narcissist. surgeon. He's a doctor. He can he can save him. He just did. Like in his head, no one else can take care of his kid better. I agree, and that's the that's the psychosis of it, which is just mm-hmm. so interesting. About next week's promo, is Malcolm going into theories corner? Let's do yeah, it. I'm Let's dive just... right in. I don't think I missed anything on the outline, Jules. I'm sorry. Nah, we got it. We're, we're good. <laughs> we we try to structure these episodes, guys. We're being spontaneous <laughs> today. Yeah, but we're feeling, you know, with the show being canceled and it, we're having a rough week. I think we're improving. We're improving. This, is, this beyond. is the best you're going to get for, for right now. <laughs> what did you say? Tangents and beyond. Tangents and beyond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, today, today for me it is. It looks like in the promo for next week's step, Malcolm was like, tied up sort of well he is he's tied up was he when they get to a hotel i thought it was ties him up i thought it was a well it might be a hotel maybe like a motel maybe looking a little it It looked looked like a hotel room because there were two beds and like way too many animal heads on the wall (laughs) (laughs) that's why that was my big takeaway i was like i don't like taxidermy anyway so i was like why are there so many raccoons oh god (laughs) unnerved it's, it, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see where they go, but I think what's going to be yeah. more interesting is how does their relationship change? Because I think that, you know, from everything we've seen in the promo, from everything we've seen in interviews about the finale, it's going to lead to Malcolm kind of having to make a really difficult choice right. um, around Martin. And, you know, we've seen so far that his choice has been to save his life, you know, maybe at the expense of other things. And will this be a situation where he has to end Martin's life? you know, to save his own or to save somebody else's. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be tough because especially now knowing that it's likely the series finale, at least at Fox, you know, knowing that we might not ever get the resolution to that story. <laughs> we might not ever know. But when we talk about how bad Martin's disguises, it's, Yo. oh, it's, it's gross. gross. <laughs> It's I so bad. I'm like, wear a hat so or bad. something. Like, I appreciate Malcolm just going. You look ridiculous. Like, yes, <laughs> tell him. Thank you. Like, like dye your hair. Like, wear a hat. Maybe like any a- normal person would have just shaved and cut their hair. And yeah, no, not him. I'm gonna dye everything. <laughs> Horrible shade of blonde. You can tell he bought a box of blonde, and yeah. it didn't work. Do you think Malcolm is capable of killing his father? If I guess if his life came down to it. I don't think I so. think if it's just if there's nobody else mm-hmm. involved and it comes down to just him and his dad I'm not really sure but if somebody else was on the line mm-hmm. I think that he would but it's it from the promos and I mean we are known to have been faked out by those before it seems yes. that they're alone mm-hmm. on you know the hilltop or whatever before major crimes comes but it also seems like he has blood on his face at one point yeah. in that promo and they're like in the same location 
I don't know. I think it's going to be really hard for him to choose, especially after, you know, he just came to that realization, like, he's finally accepted. You're still, like, my dad, regardless of everything you've done. Can I pitch you my theory? Yes, Here's, here's what I'm afraid is going to happen. They're going to set it up so that it looks like Malcolm is being forced to kill Martin, because that's basically mm-hmm. what he says, mm-hmm. is what it sounds like. Yeah. I think Major Crimes is going to show up, someone's going to move to shoot Martin, and Malcolm's mm-hmm. going to jump in front of it. That literally just occurred to me. Oh. And that's why he's got blood on his face or something. And then, like, now it's going to be, like, Danny shot Malcolm. And then that's going to be the finale. That's going to be the cliffhanger of, like, did she kill him? I don't like it. Yeah, you know it'll be a a ground shot of them overhead zooming out. He's collapsed onto the ground. Oh my god. Brianna, we should just write this. I'm sorry. No, Brianna, why would you speak something like that into the universe knowing that we're not going to (laughs) know? We're never going to know. Well, you know they're going to leave on some giant cliffhanger, and that's yeah, why I'm scared. Like, it's not going to have a conclusive end. So check out Nerds and Neon mm. for our theories article. I guess one more thing I want to ask about, or I want to mention about the promo. Because I, I, I feel like there was a lot. They kind of, like, smushed into, like, 10 seconds. Yes. <laughs> Did Malcolm say, you're going to kill me? Yes. To Mark- he was asking, like are you going to have to kill me? And yeah, he was like, I'm afraid so, or something like that. Yeah. Cause he had like something in his hand. She like looked like a little like shank. It was a knife. It looked yeah. like to me. So I'm like, are they going to like battle it out? But why though? I just don't, I guess I just don't know. Because why. Malcolm's not doing what Martin needs him to do. Martin is a narcissist. He needs everything to go according to plan. And when things don't go according to plan, he needs to kill them. So I think he's looking at his son. He, in his mind, his big fantasy escaping was that he and Malcolm were just going to go and like ride off into the sunset together. And it was going to be amazing. And they were going to be besties. And like, they were going to have this great relationship yeah. and everything. And it's not going to, yeah, basically. And it's not going to match up with that reality because Malcolm is scared and Malcolm doesn't want to be there. And you know, all this stuff, Malcolm is weak because he's just literally had a horrible medical emergency that like is kind of taken care of, I guess. You know, it's it's not matching up with what Martin is dreaming of. And so in that moment, Malcolm goes from being this thing that he desires to being a massive liability to him. And so I think that's where that's coming from. I, I oh, like, I really hope we don't, I really hope Brianna's theory is wrong. Sorry, Brianna, but I'm really hoping you're not correct. I mean, my only other theory is that they're really going to, like, kill Martin off, which, I mean, mm-hmm. Bellamy tweeted and said they kind of had a season three sketched out. And I can't see the show without him because it's so, like you said earlier, they're so like codependent on one another. Like I have no doubts that Tom Payne can carry it, but. I feel like he's such an integral part of the show too. Mm -hmm. But he could still be there. Like it wouldn't, you could have flashbacks. You could have hallucinations. Mm -hmm. Malcolm's obviously not going to just like not have a mental illness anymore after something like that happened. And I think it would be interesting for his character arc in a third season to see him deal with not having his father mm-hmm. and sort of see the ramifications like of that six. i mean like me too <laughs> brianna me Means, too, like three more I... seasons at least of watching these two like but how do you come from. back from that that's my question so even so let's say you know martin doesn't die like you know they get there they arrest him whatever he goes back to whatever facility he's going to go to after escaping Jail. Like it's not that, gonna be claremont <laughs> it's not gonna be claremont i don't but know it's, it's, he's still psychotic He's still... But that relationship between them is going to be forever changed because now Malcolm has absolutely seen what his father is capable of and absolutely mm-hmm. seen what he was willing to do. I think that they can't go back to kind of that state that it was before of him kind of being like, yes, I'm aware my father is a serial killer. But my father has never like directly like hurt me in that way. But he, I don't know. But he just saved his life. But yeah. remember, Junkyard Killer was like, your father was going to kill you when we were up in the cabin, but he chickened out. Yeah. So finally going to like, but if he doesn't chicken out, like if he gets close enough that he actually like does some damage, yeah. even if he doesn't kill him, I think that's going to change how they see each other, and how, certainly how Malcolm sees Martin. I think some of he, the... he was betrayed before. Like yeah. you were going to kill me. Like you chloroformed me. You did all this stuff, but he never actually like he was basically it was like I chickened out. Yeah. So I wonder if depending on the circumstances, if he is finally like if this was the plan all along, if he's finally carrying out what he set to do years ago. So we wanted to kind of cap off this part of the podcast this week, just talking about generally what's been going on in the fandom in terms of efforts to kind of get it renewed or to get it picked up elsewhere. Um, the prevailing kind of theory right now seems to be that if any place is going to take it, it's going to be HBO Max. 
Um, so a few different things that people have been doing have been tagging HBO Max directly um, in a lot of their tweets. There's also a separate like help account for HBO Max that people can suggest titles that they want to see on the streamer. So people have been using that account as well um, and tagging them directly in tweets. Um, the main hashtags are still hashtag prodigal son and hashtag save prodigal son. And you should only use two hashtags per tweet. Um, otherwise, Twitter picks that up and thinks of it as spam. Um, so try to keep it to two hashtags tag anybody you can. Um, it was helpful last night, people watching and tweeting along with the episode. I think that that's gonna be helpful kind of continuing into the next week, especially with the finale coming up. Um, I know, you know, sharing what you love about the show, tagging people, that's really the best thing that you can do. Just being really vocal and being really loud about it. We posted a renewal podcast or <laughs> cancellation podcast um, a couple of days ago that sort of has some of those resources in it. If you go ahead and listen to that, we have more information about different fan projects that are going on. Uh, we also have a link to all of that on our Twitter, which is at call for backup pod. Um, and yeah, we're just hoping we can bring this season three someplace hopefully HBO Max, but we'll take anywhere. We're not picky. Um, yeah. And now it is time for one of our favorite segments that we like to call the Malcolm Danger Count. Warning, warning, Malcolm Danger. Where we go over the many mad bad decisions made by our favorite rogue profiler, Malcolm Bright. Uh, we have a very special edition today because not only did Malcolm put himself into unnecessary danger quite a few times, but we even have a few for Martin because truly the, the, the episode was really just one long danger count at, at, at points. <laughs> there, were, there wasn't much time when neither, either of them weren't in danger. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and a reminder, our count so far for the season is 32. So we already stand at 32. I know this episode was a lot. This is a lot. This is quite a few. Um, so Malcolm's overall number for the episode this week was five, which is actually the most he's had in a single episode in a while. Uh, in, yeah. in, in a little bit. Um, and the first, of course, is chasing unknown people around <laughs> dark storage facilities alone. We take a buddy. Malcolm, buddy, you had a buddy with you. Stranger danger, even though you he had Danny with you, <laughs> and you still abandoned and She was her. like, "Stay, like a dog, stay, <laughs> like a dog, like literally like a puppy." She was like, "Please, just, just don't move." And then she comes stay. back, and the look, the look on her face was so disappointed. Yeah, she's like, "Dang it, I should have just." I'm telling you, a leash. He needs a leash, a yes. kid leash. You need something to rein him in for sure. Right. Um. Aside from running around dark storage facilities, he also knowingly offered himself up to someone who he knows has a thing for almost killing we won't say kill because she hasn't quite gone there yet but she's on the brink of death on the brink of death we like brink of death over here it's not it's not full dead not full but death. mostly dead sorry mostly. i had to get that reference in there um not only does he offer himself up to her but he also just pops completely unknown pills he barely asks what they are she just says it's enough to do the job. And he goes, okay. And doesn't even good think about me. it. Like, good enough for me. Um, I would note that Kennedy composed this list for us because she did the recap. And her next note is literally dying literally. on the table for a second. Literally dying on the table. <laughs> literally dying on the table. Um, and she also notes that everything that happened with the embolism is really just one big danger count. And that's true. Mm -hmm. um, that was just kind of a continuous danger count, really, that whole time. So we'll, we'll count that as one. Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. He rough. was really going through it. He seems having a real bad night. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last one, of course, is Capshaw cornering them with the knife. Although she did ultimately, you know, stab herself. That was still a dangerous moment that either he or Martin could have met their end. So that, that's a cap on five. That's five for Malcolm. And then we have a very special, very <laughs> special edition of Danger Count. The Martin Danger Count, which was six. He actually had one more than his son. Um, like father, like son, I guess. Like father, like son. In no particular order, we have getting stabbed in the parking lot, waking up partially paralyzed with Vivian, <laughs> cash on knocking him out for calling Jessica. Capshaw literally killing him and then bringing him back. Capshaw cornering them with a knife. And <laughs> as a special bonus, Danny would definitely have shot him if he was still in the room. <laughs> Are we counting the bone? Um, oh, no, that's just, that just all in the. Okay, that's, I was going to say, it's that's, that's all that's in her drugging him kind of on the bed. I was going to say, I feel like that's whole, one whole scene. 
that whole that was a whole whole danger camp right there so i mean i martin was just again really having a rough time this rough time for the whitley boys i'm telling (laughs) you rough time time then i guess boys to men oh my god boys to men yes (laughs) i just got the worst mental picture of (laughs) like a boy band version of this show oh my god i would love that it, it would be incredible. Obviously, that's why we need a season three, is mm-hmm. that we need the boys to men spinoff of Prodigal's <laughs> And if you think we missed a particular danger moment, uh, if you just want to yell about how many times these two put themselves in danger this week, you can find us on Twitter uh, at call for the number four backup pod. Uh, we will happily retweet. We will happily respond. We love hearing from you guys. As a parting note for our podcast, we'll be ending every episode with a motivational affirmation or quote that hopefully inspires you as you start your weekend. This week's quote is, we are not trapped by our thoughts. What we generally do, however, is create thoughts that trap us. Joshua David Stone. Remember, prodigies, if you want to go after the sketchy doctor who is holding your father captive, don't be like Malcolm and call for backup. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check back next week. And in the meantime, you can follow us on our Twitter account at call for backup pod. That's call the number four backup pod. Tag us and let us know your thoughts in the episode. And as always, follow us at Nerds and Beyond for all of your nerdy news.